0: Welcome to the Sober Experiment podcast by Be Sober. I'm Lisa, one half of Be Sober. And I'm Alex, the other half. Got everyone there, I bet. If you're new to our podcast, Lisa and I have been best friends since high school. And after many years of getting drunk together, we decided to experiment with being sober together. As you can tell, it's going pretty well. So you can find out more about our story by going right back to the start of season one. We originally started Be Sober with a vision to connect people living a sober or sober curious lifestyle. We wanted to help them feel less alone and show them that you can still have tons of fun without alcohol. Be Sober is now the only sober community that has absolutely everything that you could possibly need in one place. We believe from the bottom of our hearts that everyone who doesn't want to drink alcohol deserves to feel normal. Hello, hi, <laughs> hello, everybody listening. It's been a while. It's been an accident, though, hasn't it? Well, yeah, kind a deliberate of. An accident. An accident where Alex said, "I can't be asked doing one today." Can you? <laughs> <laughs> you know why I couldn't be asked doing one though? It's not because I don't want to do one. It's just that we've been so incredibly busy. I know. Who'd have thought it? And we've seen each other loads, haven't we, the last few weeks? Yeah, I've loads to talk about. But then just now, I've realised we've got loads to talk about. (laughs) We've done. We've done. um, We have seen each other a lot. You had some time off actually, and we had a full-on real friendship chat. Do you remember? Oh, that was ages ago. But yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, I was having difficulty, wasn't I, in my life? Oh no, I. No. (laughs) Oh, but we had two then because I (laughs) wanted. I was going to say no. We literally spent the hour on the phone talking about our Spotify playlists. (laughs) We did. We did. Absolute bullshit friend talk, which was such a nice change. And finally, we've actually sorted you out as an official godmother, haven't we? Yes, I am an official godmother. Can I just point out how funny it was, and it's not funny, like ha ha funny, because it was lovely, so Abel, my youngest, who is currently six, if you're listening to this right now, as in everyone's listening to it right now, that was a stupid thing to say, you know what I mean, <laughs> but anyway, he's currently six in the year twenty twenty two um he was he he opted to have a full full immersion, didn't he, under the water, yeah, and he got dunked, he got dunked, oh, what was that ping, and the vicar. Um, the church verger, another fantastic lady who does the family um, stuff at the church. There's more to this than I'm saying, but it's like long and I don't know everybody's official titles. Even. Oh. Don't be yawning. It's nice. <laughs> um, and then obviously my BFF, you were all the godparents. And how much did I laugh about the photo? Because I'm next to the vicar. <laughs> it just looks funny, right? There's like the bishop, the vicar, Abel and Lisa all stood. Proper <laughs> bishop with like a shepherd's thing and everything. It's not a shepherd's thing. Well, it is. Is it? What, well, what is it then? That is what shepherds use. What a staff. Well, a big long hook thing. I thought you meant is. <laughs> <laughs> he's stood there with a the big long stick yeah, with a hook is. on that shepherd chews yeah I've got, I've got a hook on though it has are you sure that's going to make me laugh even more but I really liked it. The service was lovely. I actually thought he meant his hat, you know, his... Wedding. No. Oh, I've never hey, seen can I tell you what I loved on. about it? Because when um, you had Abel, I thought he'd been christened before anyway. He's been blessed. I was a godmother to him before. I, didn't, I weren't aware I wanted a real one. <laughs> I did did all my duties once before, um, but yeah, it made such a change because afterwards I didn't get absolutely trashed and tried chatting up like, you're your husband's uncle, 90-year-old uncle or something. I hope you don't listen to this, he's not 90. (laughs) He's lovely though, isn't he? 90 or not. But yeah, I think. You you made a really good point, actually, because we came back here to my house afterwards and sat in the garden and it was beautiful weather, but there was no urgency to get away from the church. There was no urgency to rush back and start the drinking. It was just a really lovely day. And in fact, us sober people outnumbered the drinking people. We really did, which was so lovely, especially like a family do, because your family, very much like my family, every single thing revolves around alcohol. So it was really nice to kind of be there and people be inquisitive in a really genuine, interested way about not drinking. And then like, um, I know you had family members who was on alcohol free um, Coronas, which was really nice. What was funny and what made me laugh is when my lovely cousin (laughs) loudly in the garden, I just don't want to stop drinking because I really enjoy a drink. And honestly, I wish you could all have been flies on the wall because Lisa just shifted a whole body position to face her and went, can you tell me what you like about it? (laughs) (laughs) She said she loved the taste. She was going to carry on drinking forever because she loved the taste so much. So I was like, all right, what else do you like about it? It didn't go any further, did it? Really? No. <laughs> well, it did, because she said the socialising and Lisa said, well, what are we doing now? Yeah. The socialising. But, oh, uh, you know, I mean, that's not a criticism. It was just a, it was such a lovely day, wasn't it? Beginning to end. Yeah, it was. It was dead nice. So that was one thing we did. Um, and then it was quite busy, like that weekend. And then I... That weekend was the weekend that I was four. I was four. I was four years sober, which was... Yeah. Um, I. It still really shocks me. Like, I can't believe. Four years. Years. Four. four. No, you're four. That is crazy. I probably know more in my four years sober than I did in my... Thirty-eight years life. <laughs> it's true, though, isn't it? Because you do gain clarity and interest in all those things that you just can't be asked. Yeah, often. Yeah, on your superbirthday, you are. What? what did you do on your super on your me? Su- on my superversary? I went. <laughs> I <laughs> we actually went away to Landudno with Rob which was really lovely so um, I got to do a palsy photo on a trig point uh, we did the oh, cable yeah. cars which was really good because actually Rob's frightened to death of heights so that was quite amusing but he did it I was very proud of him is he a genuine scaredy cat as well yeah well yeah do not make oh. it up no, I mean, does he like grip on and like is it? Is it- oh yeah, it was nearly sick. It was, it was pretty funny. But what I found was it. you you pick up on other people's feelings, don't you? So when we got in, well, I, you do, you I do. Think <laughs> lots of people do, but like I was all right, and then I could see like the fear in his eyes. So then I started to think, well, actually, this is this could drop at any point. <laughs> Whereas mm. I wouldn't think like that if he wasn't scared. But it was, it was just so lovely. And I think this last. Couple of weeks to be honest. For me, as usual, has been packed with outdoorsy things. So I've I've been wild camping. I got walk up to twenty to thirty cows, which was very scary. Wow. Oh my God. I'll tell you what else I did. Oh, oh done what the God. You're gonna tell us about the naked swimmer. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Go on. I am. I'm gonna tell you two things. So um one of them was I really have pushed myself out of my comfort zone this last couple of weeks. And I'm getting, even though I'm four years sober, there's some things that I'm only still starting to feel really comfortable in doing, which is weird. Um, But one of them, I decided I was feeling a bit out of sync and I decided that I would go for a solo cold water dip uh, somewhere where I go quite regularly with Rob or with Be Sober so I thought I'm going to go up and have a bit of a dip on my own and just see what it's like so I hiked up there and had a lovely <laughs> lovely dip and when I got out I would got out got dressed and I I right chill for myself I'm making a reel for my Instagram because anybody that follows me knows I love a reel <laughs> you do love a reel <laughs> I know and I'm sat there making a reel of my little solo dip and this guy comes over to me and he says um, so <laughs> I don't even- <laughs> (laughs) He was like, oh, did you enjoy your dip? And I'm like, yeah, it was lovely, thanks. And we're talking about the water and things like that. And I said, well, it's the first time I've done it on my own. So he's like, oh, I come regularly. I bring friends sometimes, I come in the morning. And I was like, oh, that's really nice. And then it kind of went, so I like to go in naked. (laughs) Can we put this in context? How old is this guy? Well, I didn't know this at this point, but it was 70. Oh, so he yes. said he told me and he was telling me about his naked swimming and then he, he starts to show me pictures on his phone and he's like oh there's a few of us that do it he said but this lady comes and she's a photographer and she's took these pictures of me so I said oh that's nice and then he shows me this picture of him stood on a rock naked <sighs> which was fine you could just see his bum and stuff and I and I was like I didn't know what to say so I just kind of went, oh that that's beautiful that's a beautiful picture, oh, you know, thinking like <laughs> it's arty and then he shows me one of this lady and then he goes, oh look, here's one from the side, right? Oh so no. I'm like, oh my gosh, right. So I'm like, all right, that's great. That's that's lovely. So we're chatting away and then I really opened up. I don't know what came over me, right? We were proper talking. Well, and I, I guess there were no secrets between you by this point. <laughs> well, no. And we were talking about body confidence, actually, yeah. and how like it must feel quite freeing to go in the water naked and be confident. And we're chatting about how to be confident. I don't know how I got onto the conversation, but basically by the end of it, I would fully agreed to going home and cleaning up naked <laughs> did you do that no no I feel a bit bad now but I was like yeah yeah you're right I'll back up naked I need to <laughs> I need to get used to my own body anyway as I was like said, backing up naked in case I said well it's not a boob or something <laughs> I'm not vacuum <laughs> <your> boob up. <laughs> yeah got it stuck in the sucky tube Oh (laughs) See now I've just got This vision of you With these ridiculous Why are your boobs On the floor To back up (laughs) I don't know (laughs) I don't know They're getting there They're going down To the floor It's age You know they're not Oh god But yeah He then says to me um, So Do you fancy a dip Then And I was like, no, no, it's all right. Thank you. um," I I was just going anyway. So I kind of grabs my bag and puts it on all awkwardly, trying to run away really quick. And he was like, well, do you mind if I go in? I'm like, no, no, go for it. Fill your boots. Yeah, go for it. (laughs) He literally stripped off completely naked. Now, what was awkward is we was on the stones and I was sat and he (laughs) was stood. Like what the fuck Where do you put your eyes When you've got a naked 17 <laughs> year old man In front of you Well I'll tell you Where you don't look <laughs> well, Obviously I looked You can't yeah. not It's only You're not not gonna Where you, you, you <laughs> no, I'd have had a look I, I was like sat there thinking? I'm a bit jealous That you did get to look <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is the bizarrest situation to be in. I'm like, on my own, in the middle of the with Pennines. The with a se- threatening? No, not at all, which is really weird. Because somebody, when I was telling the story on um, the Thursday lounge, somebody had said like, oh, that could have been really dangerous. But it, it didn't feel like that in any way. I think it, it, looking back now, he's obviously a bit of an exhibitionist and en- enjoys like the shock value of just getting his kit off. Um, but yeah, what worries me most, is if I hadn't have already been in I'm worried I think I'd have gone oh yeah go on then (laughs) and then I'd have been like shit how do I explain this to everybody because I couldn't have kept it a secret that'd be even worse yeah that's like you're hiding something when there was nothing to hide Anyway, I didn't. But when we got up, me and Rob went wild camping to the same place on last Sunday night and we woke up on Monday morning to all the cows. We had to quickly pack all our stuff up really quick, go around to like the beach side. And when I said beach, it's like the highest beach in England. It's a really small, tiny man-made beach. It's lovely though. But it's up on the moors. And when we went round, there was about four or five naked dippers on the other side of us. Oh, were so, there? Yeah, he'd found some naked friends by the looks of it. Just as well. Otherwise, you might not want to go up there on your own next time. He'd rope you in. I know. It, it does make me feel... I would feel a bit like, oh, I don't know whether I want to go on my own again now. I don't want to get caught into... Yeah, because you are... You would, people. Well, you might not, but you I'm might... A bit, no, I, I, think people, I am willing to have gone in, you know. and then be like shit Alex you're not going to believe what I'm doing also it'd be weird when you're both in like frolicking around oh no (laughs) like what would you have done like just Oh no, it's so awkward And actually getting in would be better than getting out I've to... never got down no, that hill as quick in my life I literally was running away Ringing you going You're not going to believe what's happened You're not going to believe it But you've done that which was brave And then you've also been to the theatre on your own Haven't you? Yeah Like this is And I know for some people who regularly I know a lot of people go to the cinemas on their own And things like that It's a real big step out of my comfort zone So I started a few months ago with, I used to be able to go in a coffee shop and order like coffee and a cake, but I could not order real food because I'd worried that they'd think that I didn't have anyone to eat with. Or I don't know. It's weird. I don't know why I found it so hard. But like if I had coffee and a cake, it felt like I chose to have a cake, like I was powerful and I just fancied a cake. Whereas if you go to eat real food, it's like you have to eat and you've got no one to eat with. I do not even slightly relate. (laughs) Anyway, I've decided I I could even walk into a pub and do that. Even, you know, like I I don't think we have the same sort of anxieties around that, which just shows how different people are. Yeah, definitely. I think so. I started and I I went a few months ago. I went and I ordered a toastie which was a step out of my comfort zone. And then on Friday, we had a Be Sober event at the old school barbecue bus, which was amazing, by the way. The food was incredible. The company was awesome, as usual. The Manchester Bees were brilliant. Um, but Tamzin, one of our lovely members were telling me about a show that she'd seen at the theatre. And I thought, it sounds really good, that. And Rob had his son over for the weekend. So I found myself with a Saturday night free. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to do it. I'm going to it. So I booked the ticket, and I went on Saturday night. So I got got in the car, I drove there. I had to take a few deep breaths before I went in because I did get a little bit overwhelmed. Like there was like a bar area outside, and I could see people was drinking it the wine. You are it the Lowry. No, no, it's a, it was a gorgeous little theatre. I've never heard of it before called Haught Mill Theatre. Oh, no, So it, it was really good. And what it was, it was a production that had come over. They'd come over from America and they were performing at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which is like a performing arts festival. I actually felt so honoured to have watched it. Um, And I went in and I sat next to this little old couple and they were so lovely. I I was just so proud of myself. Like when I'd finished, I was like, oh, my God, I've done it. And I I got lost in the story because, you know, when you say I pick up on people's feelings. Yeah, yeah. I do a lot. So when I go and watch, especially at the theatre, it's not to everyone's taste and shows are very different. So whoever yeah. I'm with, I'm constantly like, are they enjoying it? Do they think that's good? Are they good? all right? Yeah. Are they okay? Should should we get a drink? Should we do this? Whereas I found that I could just really sit and get lost in the story. It, it was really good. And a proper crowd at the end as well. It was dead emotional. It, it was just amazing. And it's inspired us to book theatre tickets in a few weeks' time with our girls, haven't it? So, yeah. I know, we're doing some mad stuff. And then last week, um, last Thursday, we actually took part in a marathon walk, no, a relay walk. Yeah. It's taking place from Land's End up to John O'Groats in uh, different legs. And we carried the baton from Hebden Bridge to Cowling. Yeah. In a group of about 20 women, which. Yeah amazing it was hard going wasn't it mentally more than anything just because by the end it was the same flat sort of walk yeah it wasn't like the most interesting walk apart from the fact that we did have our dinner at um, the top withern which is the is what inspired Wuthering Heights yeah, and, we, and yeah, and I it did make me sing Kate Bush rather loudly at several points. No, I'm such a sucker for like things like the Moors and Wuthering Heights. Or so like I, I was secretly proper geeking out that I had my booty there. It wasn't a secret. <laughs> 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 it it wasn't was it not? Movie. No, I was so chuffed. I couldn't believe it. I feel like that is i feel like i've had a past life there that was around my past life i belong on the (laughs) most yeah it definitely wasn't um so secret i've just realized my mic's not working properly either so i'm going to just connect it back up even though we're a little bit into it because i think it'll sound better sorry everyone we'll get back to our chat shortly but first let us tell you some of the things we offer at be sober so as usual we don't want to bombard you with everything because there's just so much but what we do want to talk to you about today is our membership and i know we're being biased but we genuinely really do know that there's nothing else like it out there So the Be Sober membership has absolutely everything that anyone sober or sober curious needs all in one place. From our fitness sessions, free coaching, love of drop-in lounges where you can make new friends, events that take place all over the country and even a priority counselling service. We really are your one-stop shop for sobriety. So instead of spending your hard-earned cash on getting wasted this weekend, do yourself a favour and come and join the community. We literally watch people's lives change every single day. We really do, don't we, Alex? Massively. So come on, do yourself a favour, invest in yourself. Is that better? Oh, so much better. How weird is that? I don't know why it didn't do it automatically. There we go. So, suddenly I had a sound change. So, sorry for everyone's ear. Oh, yeah. You sound right. Sexy now. Well, do I? Yeah. Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> right. I wanted to talk today because I had um, an inbox message from somebody asking if we'd done a podcast on normal drinking yeah. because that's something that they related to so about being a normal drinker not seeing a problem with being a normal drinker so then it makes it a lot more difficult to stop drinking when you're drinking normally and when I like I said to you didn't I like I've got an episode on this I'm thinking why do we not because I always class myself as a normal drinker. We have talked about this before on podcasts, but yeah, we've never really had a big focus on it. And it is weird, like you say, because part of the reason I felt safe with my drinking, and I think this happens to a lot of people, is comparing myself to people who drank, I'm going to do this in air commas, but I'm not really going to do it, but air commas, worse than I did. So it keeps you kind of feeling in a little bit of a safety bubble because you're not as bad as them. You don't drink in the morning. You don't drink Monday to Friday or Sunday to Thursday, whatever it is. You don't drink vodka. You don't drink spirits. All of those things that I didn't do made me think I was the normal one and they weren't. You know what? It's like when you tell somebody that you have stopped drinking, they all want to know, how much you drank, it's like, it's really important that number of how much you used to drink. It's like we want some barometer by which to measure ourselves to see if we really are that bad. It's true. And it's like, if we, if we've got that kind of benchmark, it can either be a good thing or a bad thing. So like with my dad, as as I've made, you know, my dad drank, even he had... Like you say, his own benchmarks. My dad wasn't a morning drinker. He very rarely hit the top shelf of spirits, but he would drink daily cider and red wine. Yeah, but He wasn't as bad in his eyes as somebody who would wake up in the morning and open the vodka. So yeah. I think we've all, we're all guilty of doing it and putting ourselves into that safety zone. I've actually done a bit more geeking out and done a bit of research on what is normal drinking. Have you? Yeah, yeah. And I think because people do always ask us how much we used to drink and you can see it, okay? You're like when you say you don't drink, people do, oh, well, I don't drink very much. How much did you drink? And I want to say just probably the same as you, but actually I found an article and apparently this is what is normal drinking. Okay, let's go for it. The average male bodied person should stay below four drinks per night and consume no more than 14 drinks per week. For female-bodied people, that gen- generally drops to three drinks a night and seven per week. So this article actually says if you're regularly going over both of those limits, you might have a problem. Do you know what? I actually want to call bullshit as well. Still, go on, go on, do it. Well, two things, right? First of all, it depends where you look as to what normal is. Because if you look at the government guidelines, they would say men and we, men and women. What's all with me today? <laughs> <We> <laughs> and women and men women. I do women. Little women. <laughs> are the same. They'd say 14 units, 14 units. Mm-hmm. If you look at certain course material, it'll t- define a binge drinker in a man differently than it will define a binge drinker in a woman. So I want to just call bullshit on all of it right? well this goes on to say about what you've just said actually a little bit about the binge drinking because it actually says plenty of people who drink sometimes go on benders and have more than three or four old drinks in one night like way more I know I did I'd have three or four before I went out Uh, they're your pre-drinks right so it actually says that doesn't automatically make somebody an alcoholic dependency and abuse are about regularity with which you drink a certain amount so it's how often you come close to blacking out when faced with an open bar at a works do. That's what it says. So they saying it's not really about whether you push the limits, but rather how often it is you're pushing them. You see, I just disagree. I, just, I think I do. I completely it's interesting, disagree. isn't it? I think, I really think that, yes, if we're talking about physical dependency, that is probably true. Right. If we're talking about people who might get withdrawal symptoms and DTs from putting out alcohol and they've got a physical dependency, that is probably true. But I I drank too much in a session. And I was never alcohol dependent in the sense of I wouldn't be physically dependent. I wouldn't call myself an alcoholic, even though I've kind of toyed with that word and said, you know, If you look at the dictionary definition, I probably fit into it. Yeah. But I 100% had a problem with alcohol because everything, every single thing for me was about where am I going to park my car? What about my parking? How am I going to get home if I've had a drink? Where do I get a taxi? What am I going to feel like in the morning? You know, I used to prepare for hangovers. I think that's it. And that that is what we would have called the normal drinking. I've actually got some questions and I'm not going to use them yet. But about am I an alcoholic? Because I think it's something most people will have researched this themselves, whether it's about themselves or somebody they live with or friend, family member. So we will go into that. But I'm with you. I think that is what I would have classed... My binge drinking was I would have classed myself as a completely normal drinker. And I know you've said this, and the same goes for me, is that out of my all my family members, nobody would have said that I was the person that needed to stop drinking. In fact, they were gobsmack when I did stop drinking. And I never stopped drinking because I thought I drank too much. And that's a fact. I did not think... I drink too much, so I'm going to stop drinking. No, I, I didn't. It's, yeah, that's a, that's a it, really yeah. valid point now, Lisa, because I did drink too much. Yeah. That wasn't my reason. My reason was it was getting in the way of me feeling good about myself. And mine was getting in the way of me parenting, showing up as a parent, and, and, as, and, work, and my job. So... I mean, first of all, can I just throw out there? If you're googling "am I an alcoholic," you already know you've got a problem of some sort with alcohol. Yeah, and you're looking for that benchmark. Do you think you're, you're looking, kind of looking yeah. for that benchmark? Yeah. Oh, people I'm people all right actually. Yeah. You're looking for no. This is what an alcoholic is. An alcoholic is somebody who drinks out of a paper bag. Is some. Well, can 15, I go through 9. them actually? Yeah, go through. Yeah, so so these these are the kind of questions that you get asked when when you Google "am I an alcoholic." So th- this. Specific, and there's lots of articles out there, but this one that I found actually says having two or three of the following symptoms would constitute a mild alcohol use disorder, while six or more would be considered severe. Right. Yes. Yeah? So get your pen and paper out. Let's get ticking or not ticking in that case. Who knows? <laughs> right. So the first one Have you had times when you ended up drinking more? Or longer than you intended? Yes, one for me. Same. Yeah, mm. definitely. Right. More than once wanted to cut down or stop drinking or tried to, but couldn't? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough one, that, because I wouldn't say I couldn't. I just decided halfway through that I didn't need to yeah. anymore. I think couldn't, if it said didn't, it's a definite. Yeah, could nots a bit different. So I didn't meet, yeah, but no, but yeah, I have done that. I've thought, oh, I'm going to cut down. And then halfway through, got our oh, balls to this. I don't need to. So right. maybe. Okay. Right. Two, two each. Spent a lot of time drinking or being sick or getting over the after effects. Yeah, <laughs> <Pick>. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, so that's three honestly, already. Not, so it something? says having two or three of the following symptoms would constitute a mild alcohol use but disorder. The, uh, the so I already know I would be looking if, if I hadn't have already stopped, I would already be looking for reasons that that didn't really mean that. Right. So, you know, when this is, this is the one thing, right? And I just want to go on to hangovers a little bit here at that point, because if your hangovers are anything like mine, right? My last final hangover was one of many, but somehow sticks in my mind, probably because it was the last one. Crawling around, vomiting, headache, can't function, can't talk to anybody. my breakfast with, um, and I ate my breakfast because I knew I needed to do, shaking, head on a bench. If you are feeling like that on any more than once in your lifetime and continuing to drink, I am going to suggest that you've got a bit of an issue because (laughs) that should put anyone off for life. It doesn't, though. And the other thing is, though, and I think it's important to point out, is that not everybody actually suffers. I don't know who these people are because I always suffered from a hangover. But I know my mum will talk about this openly that she never had a hangover. So she doesn't relate to hangovers. But now she's sober, realises that she was in one long hangover. Yeah, yeah. And didn't really realise, but I'm going that to go I'm through just right, just in case anyone's got the tick list out and yeah, then we'll go, in, we'll go into that. Um, right, wanted a drink so badly that you couldn't think of anything else. No. See, I this have- depends. I've had moments like not where one, but where say on a Friday after I I'm, know I'm, I'm finishing work and I think right I'm going to go out tonight or I'm going to go and have a drink tonight does that class as the same like you're thinking right I'm going to go home and I'm going to get a glass of wine Are you f- no I think it's well it depends how you interpret it I feel like that is I have to have a drink right now or this craving isn't going to go away that's how I would ah imagine. right okay well that's number four Are so, you it or no, if, depending on the interpretation yeah Number five. Go on. Let's just not answer that question, Lisa. (laughs) That's what she does. What did you say? What did you say? I will. You point out there's typical, right, Lisa? She's thinking about something else. She does not want to talk about what I want to talk about. She's pretended she's heard me and just said freaking yes, right? What did What did you say? I basically said, "Is it a yes or a no from you for that answer?" Depending on the interpretation, you yeah. Oh, right. Okay, no, I didn't hear I was just trying to wing it. Right. It's uh, (laughs) a... No, it's a no. Next. I'd say no. Right. Found that drinking or being sick from drinking often interfered with taking care of your home or family or caused job troubles or school problems. 100% yes. Minds a yeah to that. Definitely. Continued to drink even though it was causing trouble with your family or friends. I wouldn't say my family or friends classed me as anything other than a normal drinker. So I'm going to say no, it didn't cause trouble. Looking back, there were moments that were trouble and if I hadn't have had a drink, they wouldn't have existed. Yeah. But in that moment, no, I'm going to stick with a no. I think it's where we saying continue to drink even though it was causing trouble with your family or friends. So again, this can be seen a few different ways because if it means in general on a daily basis, then an absolute no. But if it means one night we had a bit of a do and then I decided to carry on getting pissed. Oh, do that. (laughs) Then then it would be a yeah. Yeah, me too. I wouldn't mean mean the problem as being alcohol related at the time. I'll give you an example. When I've argued with my sister and we've both been in drink. Yeah. We've continued to drink afterwards while I judge her for her drinking. Yeah. 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 That's what I used to do with my ex. Yeah, yeah. He, he would drink and would would have hundred percent classed himself as an alcoholic, and then I would go out and get pissed and talk about what an alcoholic he was. <laughs> <laughs> go on, carry on. Next. God. Oh, what are we Hit on a a four? Four. We're on four at the minute, aren't we? No, we're on like six. or yeah, something Yeah, I mean, we've now. got four each at the minute. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. You keep track. I've lost now. I've 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 given up on counting. <laughs> For each, go on. Right. Given up or cut back on activities that were important or interesting to you or gave you pleasure in order to drink. Yeah, but not, again, by accident, over time. Yeah, you don't not, realise. Trying to sacrifice something and go, "Oh, no, I'm going to have a drink instead. But I have given up my organ playing, my fitness, yeah. my reading. Everything that I love now came second to drink, but I just didn't realise it. And on when the, it says yeah. like cut back on activities that were important to you, it could be things like arranging meetups with family or friends, say on the Sunday, going out on the Saturday night, and then thinking, "Oh my god, I can't face that." Well, we went out and met each other less because we were hungover or because yeah. we decided where we were going to sleep or stay. Yeah, did not drive, so yeah, I guess yeah, then yeah, five, go on. <laughs> Oh you ready for first is more more than once gotten into situations while while or after drinking that increased your chances of getting hurt, oh, such as absolutely. driving, swimming, using machinery, walking in a dangerous area, or mm-hmm. having gun safe sex, most of them yeah. I know. You don't realise this at the time, do you? You're, and this is us being brutally honest now, as, you know, we've got a few years sober under our bell. I'm not sure we'd have been in our drinking days. We would go through this list quite so honestly. I'm not sure you'd realise because you would look for, like you said before, you would look for why it doesn't fit you. Yeah, yeah, you, you want know to like, walk for the, re- you want to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew what I was doing when I went for the walk around the lake on my own at four in the morning. Yeah. I knew what I was doing when I got in the taxi with the random. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I got in a van once with, um, I was with other friends, but there you go. This is what I would have done. I was with other people. <laughs> yeah. I got in a van once and ended up at a house that I'd, with a guy, a few of us that I'd never met and we were all in his bathroom and we ended up going into town dancing. I don't even know if he'd had a drink. That's dangerous. It's so bad, you know. The more I look back, I realise it was actually a little bit more problematic younger than I thought so before I had my first child and I was going out and about I was getting myself into some ridiculous situations like really really bad which I've completely forgotten about then had children got married lived this like normal life with where alcohol wasn't involved at all for many many years and it's only now I'm remembering things that happened when I was younger as well so thinking actually that that work right and, I, and situations like what you've just said oh, there's a lot more as well and it's not like I went on a date once at 17 with um, a manager of a club near us because I used to go in all the clubs from being like 15 <laughs> so I told him like I was 18 and I went on this date and I was so looking back I was so naive you know I didn't I'd never been on a date before I'd never really even been out of my town so I went on this date to Manchester and I remember thinking wow this is amazing like the place I couldn't believe it because I didn't go there very often I'd not gone with my friends um and then he invited me back to his house for coffee and I was like yeah yeah, yeah that'll be lovely oh he didn't mean coffee well of course he didn't yeah, well I didn't know that I I literally took that as quite literal at 17, thinking he, he just wants me to go and have a lovely coffee. And, then, no. and I didn't even like coffee them days. I thought, I hope he's got tea. <laughs> <laughs> <I> did. <laughs> and I were miles away, miles. I don't even know where that house was. No, Well, uh, you know what? There's so many things drink driving I'm ashamed to say I've done it yeah me too I've I'm told I think to I've afraid. said it before on this podcast actually one of the things that I held so much shame for was I remember Ben saying to me uh, do you remember that time when you drove on from grandma's and you were zigzagging I was like yeah. and my first instinct was to say I wouldn't do that I wouldn't do because she lives just up the road it's not fair I want I want to like even excuse it now no. and say I, want, I wouldn't have had a lot I'd have just had a couple and I'd, I'd have known what I would do and I want to say all these things to justify it. Yeah. And and I wanted to say to him, I wouldn't have done that. But you know but I'd have been lying. And I I found it really hard. When I lived in Cyprus. Shouldn't have done it. Yeah. Sorry. That's like me, yeah, when I lived in Cyprus driving and I had had a skinful and I knew I'd had a skinful, but my Mm. excuse was it's in Cyprus, everyone does it. Yeah. What didn't they do? I used to drive home from the bar in Cyprus that I worked at after Jaeger bombing. It's just ridiculous, and I nearly drove off a cliff, and I damaged all my axle on my car. And I remember that that was so bad. I lost my car. I know it was so so bad. I remember you ringing me; it was awful. I didn't know where I'd parked it or anything. It was only from like I think it was a Find My Friends app or something on my phone that I'd also lost. That was found my car, And, and honestly, when I went back to get it the next day, oh. Even now, I can see how I'm not dead. How oh, oh, both of us did not die in Cyprus, I do not know. And in Cyprus as well. I know for a fact I've gone to work after having far too much than yeah. night before, And probably, if I look at it realistically and honestly, not only been over the limit driving, but actually still been pissed. Yeah, you know what, thinking about it. And these are the things, right? So I, I kind of want to say, because we're talking about the normal drinking, I still would have classed all this as normal drinking and I wouldn't have spoken about this so openly. I'd have hid it from myself, never mind anybody yeah, that's awesome. listening. But I remember going to, I worked in a paint shop. I loved it there. It was so much fun. Mm-hmm. As in like a decorating paint shop. Loved it. School hours, it were well good. Um, but I remember going like so hungover and thinking whilst I got there, oh my God, how the hell did I just get here? I should not have drove because I'd have been way over. And it's so, it just shows, doesn't it? Like there's no way my managers couldn't see or smell or whatever. Oh, I bet you stunk. You know, you need to challenge. We need to be challenging these behaviors because it isn't normal. It isn't okay. It isn't acceptable. How many more questions? Well, when you said we need to challenge it, right, you can't, like, let's be more clear. You can't just say that. What, what do you want us, what do you want us to do? <laughs> I, honestly, I honestly do think now, if I was still in my management position and people turned up smelling of alcohol, I believe that I would say, you smell of alcohol, go home. Yeah. Yeah. I really do, No, that, that's a good point. It's just, that could be possibly life-changing for somebody because when they're hiding it and hiding it from work and workplaces don't know how to approach it, this is a whole other podcast, I think, but when their managers do not know how to approach it, work colleagues do not know how to approach it and we avoid the subject. So these people, sneaky drinking, think they're getting away with it all over, <laughs> but actually everybody knows, but we're too frightened to say anything. And it's not even sneaky sometimes. It might just be that lingering smell from the night before that's not had a chance to wear off, which means you're not fully sober. Yeah. But you should be saying, you still smell of alcohol. Sorry, I'm not having you in the workplace. It's not safe. You're around other people. People know you're doing it and they're seeing how weak it makes me look because I'm not challenging it. Go home. And honestly, if somebody has picked me up on it, as embarrassed as I'd have been... I do believe that I wouldn't have done it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you'd have been a lot more aware, wouldn't you, and been yeah. like, oh, yeah, or you might have just not gone to work. How many more questions are yeah, there? Three, three more. Go, go, go. Right, continue to drink, even though it was making you feel depressed or anxious or adding to another health problem or have after having had a memory blackout. Yep, sure. had to drink much more than you once did to get the effect you want yep. or found that your usual number of drinks had much less effect than before. Yeah, I, I remember. And again, I'm I'm now going to justify that. That is a normal reaction to progressive drinking. Yeah. So I think everybody, you know, when you think back to your first drink, you get pissed off your first drink. Even after a month of drinking, you no longer get pissed off one drink. Yeah. So, yeah. I remember being pissed off that I couldn't get drunk off one, a few drinks. I remember thinking, oh, it's costing me more now. It's well annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Better step it up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh, I can't believe we've said yes to this many. All of them except one, I think. I know. Found that when the effects of alcohol were wearing off, that you had withdrawal symptoms such as trouble sleeping, shakiness, restlessness, nausea, sweating, a racing heart or a seizure or sensed things that were not there. Right. Now, I really want to justify... Me every day. No. (laughs) Really want to justify this one, right? Because I would say I've never had a seizure. I've never felt physically addicted and physically dependent. But if I look at my final hangovers in that last year, yeah, I did shake when I was in the. Oh yeah, that did race. I did vomit. So yeah. Oh. So basically, as I said before, having two or three of them symptoms would constitute a mild alcohol use disorder. while six or more would be considered severe. With severe then. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm just going to read this out as well. And then um, that's me geeking us over with. Right, Um, it just says the following are unique traits that separate alcoholics from social drinkers. Yep. Alcoholics are clearly obsessed with alcohol and its role in their lives. Alcoholics lose the ability to keep their drinking under control and repeat destructive drinking patterns. Alcoholics prefer to socialise with other heavy drinkers who they can count on to not judge their drinking and self-destructive behaviour. Alcoholics continually break promises to themselves and others on limits they set on how much they will drink You know what, it's so interesting because, and it does depend on the language you use as well around this, because not everybody likes the word alcoholic and not everybody likes alcohol use disorder. But I just want to add something and not in a judgmental way at all. But what I would say is, right, these these are great questions and they're a great starting point. But if you're still drinking and you're listening to this, you're very unlikely to be 100% truthful with yourself about the answers. Number one. And number two, if you're now sober and you're looking back and you're doing what Lisa and I are doing and going through and ticking boxes, you're also a little bit more likely to find that you were doing those things just from the very nature of drinking. So I think... I wouldn't have ticked all them off in my drinking Oh, no way, no way. And I wouldn't have known I were lying. No, exactly. You would have thought that that was the truth and then you were all right. So this is what I'm going to say, right? It's what I'm going to add to that. Google away answer the questions, do the surveys. But what I would say is if two things, if you are Googling or answering questions like this, and if you're here listening to our podcast, chances are you already know that alcohol is becoming a problem in your life. It doesn't actually matter whether you are an alcoholic, a normal drinker, a social drinker, whatever you are. If it's a problem for you, it's a problem. Give it up, knock it on the head number one, and i think I think the other the other thing that I would say here about this is if you are surrounded by anyone who drinks in society, you will always find somebody worse than you that will help you to feel normal so yeah I, I reckon I agree, on. I think if you have a hint or even a tiny teeny bit, think that in your mind that you should drink a little bit less, don't let a lack of dependency on alcohol stop you from stopping drinking. Do you know what I mean? Like, just because you, if you're sat there thinking, well, actually, I don't have a dependency and I only answered yes to two of them. If there's a tiny part of you that thinks, you know what, should I stop? Then don't let the fact that you are not addicted or you are not an alcoholic stop you from trying to give up drinking. I think no, more there's more and more evidence all the time that shows that moderate drinking is still really dangerous. Okay. Um, so yeah, go for it. And don't forget that we've got our free gifted 30-day sober experiment, which, you know, everybody's welcome to that. Do it on your own. Do it with friends. But I think it's a really, really good starting point and it massively helps with the mindset. So you're not challenging yourself for 30 days. You are experimenting for 30 days. And at the end of it, you'll probably find that you don't really want to drink. How amazing would that be? And you can be honest about the answers to those questions. (laughs) Yeah, speak to you in 60 days and you'll be really honest. (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, it was a great catch-up, I enjoyed that one. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. (laughs) See you later. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. Please don't forget to follow or subscribe. And, of course, share it with your friends to help spread the Be Sober love. And if you want to find out more about the work we do or you do want to join our amazing community, come on over to Be Sober. Yay! Find out more on our website besoberofficial.com until next time be brave be kind and and be be sober